0: All he does is catch the football that's that is beautiful that's why i came to west virginia man ding dong the
1: witch is dead in arizona is a totally energized heinz field the power of the renegade song
0: the backyard brawl man against pitt look at that
2: oh there's Rod wolfley wow they came after donovan McNabb. Went after them. They played to win the game.
1: Everybody's going bonkers, even the referees.
0: Oh, those, those look like some sticky gloves right there. We talk about 50-50. Right now it's 50-50. Who's going to get it? Game. Came with
1: cover zero. Man across the board. Pick up a flag because, hey, and then with the Renegade song, even flags don't count.
0: You're going to get an Italian army behind them right there, just like Franklin Harris.
1: My goodness. That is pure guts.
0: Give me a pepperoni roll, man. Hello, and welcome to the Three Wolves of Football, the boys from Orchard Park, the outsider. I'm Dale Wolfley, the wolf man, and these two are my brothers, my eldest being Craig. Hello?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Hey,
0: all right. Yeah, peace to you too, brother. And, And of course, middle brother, Ronnie Paul. How we doing, Ronnie? Doing good, Soda Pop. All right, good. Well, it's really good to have you back here. This is the ninth episode of The Three Wolves of Football. And again, we keep getting these uh, questions uh, that I think we must entertain. And the one question actually is for me. And they noticed that I like to drink out here. And they're like, what are you drinking? Well, I'm drinking black coffee. Uh, okay, because we, we do this at night and it keeps me awake, and, and I drink black coffee because it's just what I do. Uh, so that is the question, yes.
1: Now, here's the thing I learned to drink black coffee back when dad had his truck at Amico Town. I'd wash the trucks, and dad would go in, and he'd have you know, because dad drank coffee like it was water, you know, what I mean, I was always drinking coffee, and it was black coffee. I always wondered why am I drinking black coffee, and then I realized now, when my, as, as an elder statesman, Dad taught me how yeah, Dad had it back when I was 12, 14. You know, black coffee that's how I learned to drink it. You know, hey,
2: you know what? We're sons of a truck driver, man. Are right. you kidding me? That's Give me who we the are. coffee <laughs>
1: exactly you need that. that old coffee that that stuff they used to call the LA
2: turnaround. <laughs> yeah, you know what, man? Honestly, though, I gotta tell you right now, I used to drink like 16, 18 cups of coffee before a game, oh, I, yeah, I would dude. just yeah. boom, 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 hammer that thing down, man. You go out in that tunnel after taking about five breaks, if you know what I mean, you yep. go out in that tunnel, man, and you were <laughs> wired, oh, totally man. wired. Uh,
0: you know, night games were the worst. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because you drank the most coffee as uh, a down in it, but anyways, all right, good deal. Now, we have before we get moving this on, and uh, I know we all appreciate this, but we did have uh, a friend that passed away, and that would be NFL player Dave Butts, who played 16 years in the NFL, came out of Purdue College, a, a big what you call back then a freak uh, of a player, 6'7, 291. You know, he's an interesting story, but. You know Terry, I know that you had to actually play against him. No, oh, he was something special on that defense. At six foot
1: seven, go ahead. Well, here's the deal. You got to remember, he started off at two ninety one. By the time I played him, he was three forty five. All right, one of the few <laughs> true giants of the NFL. That you know, back in in our in my day, um, there were three hundred pounders, but not many of them. Not like today. You know, there's now you got so many of them. This guy. Started off at 291, but by the time I got to him, like I said, he was 345. They used to say, when he was with the Wash Redskins, they used to say that Dave Butts was so big that when he wanted to get in the jacuzzi, he'd get in the Hudson River and start an upward motor next to him, you know? I mean, he was just a (laughs) ginormous dude. But he was one of these guys that was brutal. I mean, he was. this was old school NFL action, the way we grew up watching it. And he was one of those guys that was – he was brutal. So, anyhow, on a pass rush, they ran a twist stunt from tackle to tackle. I punched my guy off, right, to Mike Webster. And around the corner comes Big Dave Butts. Boom, boom. I could feel him coming before I saw him coming, okay? and he came around. And I remember I stuffed him initially. <laughs> And it was like crunch. It was like, it felt like my neck and head all collapsed inside my shoulder pads. And I was like looking out over the top of my shoulder pads because he was just so powerful. And one of these guys that could uproot, it looked like he could uproot cars, you know, just pick them up. And it was so funny because I got through that game. And I remember thinking to myself, I hope I never have to throw down with him in a, in a battle of fisticuffs. Cause this dude is big and brutal, great player. A great man. Uh, I'm sorry to see him go. He was truly one of those NFL giants. Um, and again, uh, condolences uh, out to his family because he was an important part of the NFL family. That's for sure. Sting styles that they made TV's odd couple, Felix and Oscar, seem like identical twins. Dexter
0: is flamboyant and outspoken. Tough times never last, but tough people do. Dave is quiet and composed.
1: I'm a little bit uh, older, a little bit more uh, reserved. It's hard to find anything that uh, we both think and do the same way. The only thing that we do is play on the same team. They are like oil and water, but defensively they blend together to wreak havoc upon opposing
2: offenses.
0: The... couple pony boy the odd couple i
2: know who you're talking about dexter manley there hold on though. i just got that was john facenda right there wasn't it? the voice of john facenda oh that was awesome but you know what yeah you see you see dexter manley right there and let me tell you right now dex of course what a great edge rusher he was what a great defensive end dexter manley was and played for the Washington Redskins for years. And as you know, we played the Redskins. We were the St. Louis Cardinals, of course, at the time. Um, and we played in the uh, NFC East, of course. And even when we moved to Phoenix, we continued to play in the NFC East, playing Philadelphia, Washington, the Giants, all, the way, all back there. And so we'd play them twice a year. What was so amazing about that, 1990, 1989, he failed his third drug test, Dexter Manley. And I know we all know guys that just could not stay away from it. It's one of the reasons why, men, I hate drugs to this day is because of the lives that it has destroyed many, many times over and over. And I think we all know somebody that has been through that and seen that happen to them, just a crime. But having said that, Dex was given an opportunity to come back in the nfl the phoenix cardinals that's what we were called at the time the phoenix cardinals signed dexter manny manly in 1990 and i'll never forget he came up to training camp in flagstaff we were already up there in training camp in flagstaff arizona and dex came walking up and of course the press caught con- the press was just out of their mind dexter manly hey the cardinals got dexter manly man are you kidding me and and suddenly he gets off this bus. He was, he was driven up there in this white bus by some intern, I'm sure. He gets off and Dex has got a black rain jacket on and the rain coat is buttoned all the way up to the top. And he's got it buttoned all the way up here, all the way past his knees, of course. And then he's wearing these rubber, these black rubber boots okay like you'd wear rain boots you know what you you would wear these boots and he's sweating profusely he's bald and he's just sweating profusely with his hands in his pocket (laughs) answering all these questions at his own press conference as he gets off the bus right so we're all like wow tax man you gotta be it's it's hot up here you know it's 80 degrees up there in the summer, you know, for the most part. And Dex is just sweating profusely. So he goes through the whole routine and does his press conference. He comes into the locker room, guys, and he takes off his rain jacket. There isn't a stitch of clothing on him. (laughs) Not a stitch of clothing on him. He came up there and did that press conference in a rain jacket. No. <laughs> I will tell you right there and then, man, we all knew, hey man, this might this might get a little sideways at some point. <laughs> you know, that's almost something you could file
1: under too much information. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, the <laughs> That's a different bird. We'll just go with yeah. that. Bird. Should uh, we just say, turn the page on that one? <laughs> uh, and as we hey, turn congrats.
0: the page, yes, we turn the page. Yeah, if, if you happen Thanks. to be
2: listening, man, love you, bro.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So because I wanted to get with a Dave Butt story, get that out there and, and give our condolences. I didn't want to go ahead and put the would you, take that back a mulligan would you do it over again and so actually this one i know you're all sweating out no it's all three of us and it is would you take it back do you want a mulligan for myself i'm going to say is, no i'm going to go with it i'm going to stand firm but i already know what it is although i did not pick this out but i already know what it is but i'm going to do it i'm going to do it uh over again if i could i'm standing with it I, I don't even know what we're doing.
2: <laughs> okay. You're
1: I'm going to say guess. you're going to stand, Pat. <laughs> I'm standing, Pat.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Since my older brother is standing, Pat, my younger brother's standing, Pat. Um,
0: yeah, I'll stand, Pat. Okay. Need to help kid brother Dale find a school. Both Ron and Syracuse graduate Craig said they showed no favorites, or did they?
1: You have to understand the recruiting battle that went on, of course, because Syracuse was hot on Dale, too, and, of course, West Virginia, of course, was very heavily into it also. And so Ronnie and I made an early-on pact that we were not going to be, you know, trying to influence him at all. But I can't say, you know, when one of us wasn't around if
2: the other didn't put a little birdie in his ear. Uh, uh, Yeah, it was a funny thing with Dale because... uh...
0: You know what? You know what's really funny were those short shorts. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm sitting there. I'm
2: cringing.
1: I'm going. Oh, if my kids see this. It's oh, like terrible. First of all, Gary, I have to say, I, I think, can I say this? Who was filming that? And why don't you film it like you should from the from the chest up? Okay, that was the way I thought it was going down. No, no, we got. And let's face it, we're all three of us. We're from Buffalo. We're the men with no tan. <laughs> right? hey, I mean.
2: Did you see your hair, though, man? Oh, it yeah. Was... <laughs> well, Wait a I,
0: minute. kind of the, the, the wind old.
2: blown, man.
0: No, There's... we're not going to miss the point on this one. The point was, <laughs> okay, Pony, and you got saved a little bit because you were the farthest away. But with those short shorts, I will say that Derry looks like he was, he was very
2: free with those leg crosses. <laughs> I I gotta tell you, man. All I was thinking of is Keith Partridge in that fine feathered hair. Oh yeah, yes. That was awesome, man. uh, That's
1: uh, that's that's a blast from the past, right there. Yeah, and that was actually the same day
0: where we have our pitcher. That is actually the three wolves of football that we all you brought down your uniforms and uh, we all got in West Virginia. Uh, cleats. Have you ever noticed in that picture, you have your Steelers helmet, Cardinals helmet, West Virginia helmet, and you had your unis on, but you all got the WVU cleats on. And <laughs> you, you got to notice. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: And Absolutely. By the way, by the way, get a little bass in your voice, will you please? How about that? <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah, I know. It sounded oh. like uh, it was,
1: uh, I was hitting the upper registers there. See, this <laughs> This is what happens when you get old. <laughs> everything just falls yeah all right so all
0: we're right. gonna, follow gonna this. go
1: further with that one
0: okay but it's good man it's good because you gotta know where you came from and know who you are right uh, okay so with this right here i want to show this with josh allen okay now this right here is off or unbalanced it's a triple option look at that he could go ahead and go unbalanced i don't see that in the nfl so much and look at this effort right here by this defensive lineman. It's third and one. What would your NFL coach say to you if that was you on film right there and you got blown back six yards on a third and one? But, again, hit the – off. hey, unbalanced. It's a triple option. He could have handed the ball off. He could have passed it to Dawson, the tight end, or like he did, he ran. So I love I – got two things going. I love the fact that they're doing unbalanced and that type of offensive play calling the NFL – which is not usual. And and then I want to know about
1: what your coaches would say with that type of effort. Here's the thing about it. those options. They're tremendous. Okay. But you know, you got to be careful because you can overexpose your quarterback to unnecessary hits. And we saw what happened to Josh Allen this past week when he got his, his arm doinked, you know, and you got to be careful with not overusing your quarterback. I love the fact that he can run. He's a beast, you know, and you've got to, but you got to make sure that whoever is the end man on the line is either going to slow play the, 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 you know, the mesh point or he's going to be in conjunction with uh, the linebackers to find out if he's crashing the the mesh point and the linebackers uh, picking up his job. So it's one of those things where you've got to be in constant communication with your second level guys with you're the end man on the line.
2: You got a guy like Josh Allen right now. I, I, I want him to run, but I'm going to pick the spots in which he does that. If you want to show the defense early in a game in the first quarter, oh, yeah, we'll call his number. You better believe we'll call his number. I got no problem because that then becomes inside that defensive coordinator's head for the entire game, okay, and the defense as well. They have to respect the fact that he's going to run, but I'm going to use him in critical situations, Critical third downs, maybe, if, in fact, you're going to call that play. I'm all for that, man. I got no problem. Um, A touchdown, trying to get a touchdown that you absolutely have got to have. Yeah, I got no issue with that. But it's not going to be a situation where I'm going to call Josh Allen's number in the middle of the second quarter on a second and eight and say, here we go, we're going to run the ball, because that's what I think you're you're just kind of being irresponsible with a talent like that because you don't want him getting hurt. No, there's no doubt. What I like, what I'm trying to get at, is
0: unbalanced. You don't do see that a lot in the NFL. They're flipping the tackle over, and they brought in an extra lineman for the tight end with that. That's down and dirty, man. That's good run blocking short yardage situation. I like the fact that they had Dawson going out on a a one-an arrow route in that option, so you can actually call that play and you can say either hand it off or, or throw it to Dawson tight end. Again, I like the options and an unbalanced look that I mean, and it, it was in motion too. So, again, that, that's getting complicated and that poses problems for defenses, even in the
1: NFL. Oh, there's okay. no question. And they do that and they're, they're doing it more and more at times in the NFL. It all depends. Sometimes there's an ebb and flow. But, you know, you see the 12 personnel with the jumbo package. They bring in a big old offensive lineman, which is a smart way, too, that they introduce a young buck. You know, they'll bring an offensive tackle who's a, a rookie or a second-year guy, something like that. They'll bring him in, and they'll break him in as a jumbo tackle. So he gets, starts getting some NFL reps. And that, that all works good. You know what I mean? I mean, it's one of those things where you can out-leverage people at the point of attack, and that's what you're aiming to do.
2: Yeah, and, you know, for me, once again, too, um, in this day and age of spread, hey, everybody, let's spread the field and let's work horizontally. Something that I, I, listen, I want to see the old and the new blended. I want to see it all. I'm okay with that. But anytime you've got a a team that likes to pack it in and then hammer the ball, um, that's a mentality. And it's a mentality that comes from the very top. All the way down. It's a mentality. You've got to have a scheme. you got to have a philosophy. you got to have a desire to run the ball and do it in a north-south fashion. And then you put that demand and that desire and that philosophy, you put it on every guy that gets in a three-point stance on that line of scrimmage, and you say, come off the ball. I yeah, love man. that. Yeah. You know, you can't do it all the time, but every now and then pack it in there and remind these guys, what the essence of the game really is. Yeah, I love that. Now,
0: go to the second part of where you see that defensive lineman getting blown six yards off the ball on a third and short, short yardage. It's, I mean, it's a big play. That's the Chiefs-Bills, man. That was a big game.
1: And what, what do you say to your coach? What do you say to your, 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 uh, your, your teammates? That- let, me, let me just answer this because this is a situation that happened to me at Syracuse in college. Okay. As a young sophomore offensive lineman, right? They decided one game, I'm gonna line you up on defense, and all I want you to do is to come off the ball against Navy, come off the ball and run block this guy. All right. Play that gap, run block the guy. I don't want even want you to look for the ball. I want you to do nothing about it. You you just want to run block this guy. I'm like, I can run block, okay? I got the flathead, I got the five head, not a four head, but a five head. I can come <laughs> off the ball, baby. You know it. So they put me in there. I come off the first one. I drive the guy back, right? Second time, I get him in there. It's a fourth down and, and like half a yard to go. Unbelievably, somehow, I stumble my way to making the play, right? It's like, I the hit. I can do this. I can be a defensive lineman, right? So, so the next week, we play the University of Washington. They have an All-American offensive tackle. And they got, Wolfley, we're going to use you on short yardage defense. All I want you to do is run block this guy. <laughs> but me now, I've had success. I I made a big stop on fourth down. I think I could be a defensive lineman, right? So it's it's a, we're on the four yard our own four yard line. They put me in there. This, I come off and I stand up looking to make the play. This dude run blocks me to the back end of the. <laughs> I'm
2: going. <laughs> <It> turns... <laughs> It was, it was so
1: bad. It was so bad. And and for some reason, I thought it was a pass, so I put my hands up. <laughs> <laughs> my, my coach tells me, he goes, well, at least you put your hands up. And that's the last play on defense I ever played.
2: <laughs> oh, my goodness. I have a hard time seeing that be true, Craig. Only from the standpoint, you were such a great run blocker. Hey, hey, he was more concerned about making a
1: play. I had success. I thought, oh, I can do this instead of listening to my coach and just run block the guy. No, I had to be I had to be a big time defensive end. Boom. Did that end my defensive career?
2: So you got a little cocky. Is that what you're (laughs) saying?
1: That's what I'm saying.
0: (laughs) Hey, Pony Boy, I think that refers to what your coach, Bilicek, your old coach, says, just do your job.
2: Just do your <laughs> job.
0: And that's, that's very good, Jerry, because you got blindsided like the movie, and you got taken back to the end zone. So uh, that, that's great. You know, I've never actually heard that story from you before, and yep. uh, probably because you couldn't get it out most of the time. <laughs>
1: so, well, it's not something you really want to brag about. <laughs>
0: I wasn't part of your highlights you know if I could I I, one of these days we're going to talk about old Archibald Stadium and uh, the dogs that were up above the locker room but we won't get into that right now because we got to get into your weekend because the Steelers had a bye weekend but you did something pretty exciting there uh, with your family I think or at least with faith and you of course you uh, went up to Nebuchadnezzar up there in Pennsylvania for the weekend with the
1: Steelers you know the interesting thing about it was I was invited to uh, be able to interview a couple of one present day Steeler, one uh, you know retired Steeler that would be Terrell Edmonds, and uh, who's with the Steelers now and is a fine safety in his fifth year. He's a strong safety. This guy is a terrific performer, excellent, excellent free safety. And then of course Super Bowl forty three MVP, uh, Santonio Holmes was up there, so I got to do a little Q and A with the crowd up there, and it was a uh, Fantastic place. That's what I did. And by the way, it happened to be on the also on the twenty sixth anniversary weekend from for me and my brides.
2: Don't think for a second, I, I didn't realize the Santonio San Holmes drop that was in there as well. Yeah, by the way, we all remember Super Bowl forty-three, Craig.
1: Right. I know. I know. We were the first NF brothers in the NFL to um broadcast for the teams in the Super Bowl the teams that they played for. Yes. And that's you and me, bro. Not you know, going, That's a very interesting
0: stand. I didn't know who to vote for at the time. I probably was rooting for the Bills, even though they weren't <laughs> in the game. Uh, but honestly, is, is there somebody else that are two brothers that actually broadcast in the NFL? Because you're like, that's the first time in the Super Bowl the two brothers are broadcasting. I mean, you are only like two of 32 uh, guys that are broadcasting in the NFL. Are there more brothers that have done that?
1: I well, there's the, the Manning brothers, you know, they yeah. did some sort of broadcasting, right? Sure, okay,
0: um, okay with well, Manning, but I mean, not on the radio, not for the Steelers or the, the Cards. yeah, like yeah that, right, that, that type of radio thing. I know, I was just wondering because I thought that was uh be pretty something if there was somebody else because I think you guys are pretty original,
2: yeah. I don't know, I can't say at the time though, once again, like Craig said, that that was the first time that two brothers uh were the radio analysts for the two Super Bowl teams, so. Yeah.
1: It's pretty cool.
2: There you go. That yeah. they played hey. for.
0: That's the thing. Yeah. and yeah. so that's got to be a serious trivia fact, right there. It's throughout a question, a question throughout that trivia. That's pretty good. Who wants well, to be a millionaire? It. That's how
1: you win a free beer. You know, you sit there. And go, <laughs> yeah. What's the only guy that 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 started his career and ended his career in the same NFL city, but for two different NFL teams?
2: Yes. Uh, there you go.
1: Fun.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> All righty, so. When we're going to keep this going on. Now, listen, there, I actually got this from you. I'm sitting here Perfect. watching the, the Baylor-Oklahoma game. And this is what I saw. And I want you to talk about this a little bit, if you can. Obviously, Ponyboy, you too. But look at this. What did goal line become Watkins?
1: And look at this, Watkins.
0: Yep. I mean,
1: he One more get time, touched. just watch it. Think about this, man. Low red zone, okay? We grew up, you guys remember Sam Bam Cunningham from USC, diving over the pile. And we used to go out in the backyard and mimic that. We'd be diving over and boning ourselves, you know, diving over and landing on the ground. But that's the way it was done. You take that ball, you take the rock, you go high hurdle over, and you land in the end zone. That's the way the NFL was played. You had guys on the defensive line trying to submarine you, try to get lower. You as an offensive lineman, you go up, come off, and you try to – cross-face their their, their their head, turn that head. If you can turn the head, the body will follow. Then you marinate the, rib, your, uh, the ribs with your knees and everything. They don't teach that anymore. These guys don't even know anything about it. And now you spread them out, and all of a sudden you get a walk-in. I told Tunch some years ago, we were watching it, and I, I can't remember the two teams, but it was the first time I can really remember a walk-in in the NFL from low red zone, and no one was on the dirt. No one. I'm like, you kidding me? The apocalypse is upon us. You know what I mean? You got a low red zone from the one, two-yard line, and it's a walk-in, and nobody even got dirt under their fingernails. Oh, my heavens, I couldn't believe it.
2: I'm with you on that one, man. Honestly, just looking at it, did you notice how high all the offensive linemen were? Absolutely. Right? (laughs) You're talking about what? That ball was snapped on the one? Was it on the one-yard line? Pretty much, Hey, it doesn't matter if it's on the two. You are in a four. I was in a
0: four-point stance, and I was scrambling down. If it was going up the middle, I was doing a you know the old bear crawl to stay low on the defensive line. And they were pretty much doing the same thing, trying to submarine.
2: I mean,
0: who's teaching these fundamentals, boys?
2: Yeah, and not only that too. Let me just say right right now, the most brutal thing in the world and the best thing in the world is when you were a fullback and you'd, you'd get in the eye on a goal line situation where all you guys are crabbing up there in the front, and you run through the B-gap going 100 miles an hour, and here comes the plug backer going 100 miles an hour the other way, and the two shall meet. Absolutely.
1: And it's a stunner. It's like those Rams in the National Geographic uh, you know, uh, documentaries that bang and you just hit. But you know what else is funny? You know, those offensive linemen, crabbing and everything, you had a lot of motivation because it's guys like you that would be like a 230-pound <laughs> ballistic enema if you didn't move your man. <laughs> that, yeah. Those were painful. Let me tell you something, buddy. <laughs>
0: or or you could pretend you're getting the ball and jump over the pile like Pony Boy did with no ball and land on your neck, in your head, and almost break your neck.
2: Well, that's yeah. That's because Ooh. I was trying to get to the Mike Backer. My goodness,
0: boy! Yeah, I'm glad you're here today. That was <laughs> that was something else. And I'm don't worry, that picture's in. So I was going to say, don't show that picture. <laughs> All right. Righty. Well, listen, Hey, the next day I want to go to, and I don't want to get into this. Justin Fields set a record rushing 178 yards uh, as a quarterback for the beard, the bears, excuse me. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to get into the fact of, he set a record. Okay. I, I understand that, but where is the quarterback position going? You know, you got Pat Mahomes uh, able to move. You have, let's go Kenny Pickett, Craig. Uh, I know that Kenny Pickett is not a guy you're going to design a run play to. But, boy, can he extend the play. Boy, can he move around and keep that play going or scramble for the first uh, for the first down. So where is the NFL right now when he sees your Josh Allen? I mean, we can just go down the list. But Justin Fields setting an NFL record, 178 yards. It tells me that something's moving a little bit uh the old scale there, with going towards more of a dual-threat quarterback.
1: Well, there's no doubt that you're going to looking for a quarterback with more mobility. You know, that's the first thing Mike Tomlin talked about in the in the wake of Ben Roethlisberger retiring, because Ben, you know, who started off the first decade of his career, 12 years or even 13 years, you know, he was mobile. He extended the play. He was so hard to bring down. Terrell Suggs used to have nightmares about trying to bring down. Ben Roethlisberger, because he was just a strong guy. And they used to practice, they used to try to devise tackling drills to be able to mimic what they were going to face when they brought, you know, when they faced Big Ben. So, you know, the fact of the matter is mobility is a huge issue. Again, I say, in the wake of 17-game schedule, you start doing this week in, week out, you're gonna, your quarterback's going to be hurting. He's not going to be able to keep that sort of pace up. He's got to be able to have that sort of complimentary passing game, without a doubt. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, w- I would say the the same thing largely. Um, it's kind of, it reminds me of LT Lawrence Taylor changed the way football was going to be played forever. When he, he came into the league and dominated the way that he did LT changed the game, man, because now all of a sudden there was an expectation that was out there. Hey, If this guy exists out here, somebody like him does as well. Go find me Lawrence Taylor. He changed the game. He changed protection schemes. He changed the way that offensive football was played and the way defensive football was played as well. He changed schemes. He changed it all because of his incredible specimen that he was and the way that he would play. And then everybody was looking for the next Lawrence Taylor. And right now, you know, I think we all know that um, there's a lot of great edge rushers out there because kids grew up wanting to be Lawrence Taylor. Well, guess what's happening right now? This is the NFL. This is football in the year 2022 of our Lord. This is the way that it's going to be. You better be a dual threat quarterback. Guys that are coming up through the ranks right now, they're not getting the opportunity to play quarterback. Unless they can run, they can move. Yes, you got to be able to throw it. Yes, you have to have the brain. But now the expectation for that human being playing quarterback is this. And if you're not this, you're probably going to be playing somewhere else. You right. know, and that
0: reminds me of a story. I'm going to jump off uh, track here for one or a quick uh, minute there, Derry. But tell us about the time when you first had to move to the left tackle. I believe it was as a stealer. So there you are at six foot two, left tackle, and your first game was LT.
1: Oh man, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> yeah, That's that
2: the cool. barf bag.
1: Well, <laughs> here's the thing. I mean, you want if you want to beat down in stereo, I mean, here we go. You got LT out there and Leonard Marshall right in front of you in a three <laughs> four defense. I mean, that was that was killer's row, man. That was Jimmy Bird at the nose tackle, an old high school teammate of mine. You know, yes. you had a ton of guys, Do you know, uh, Pepper, uh, uh, what's him Carl Banks, Carl Banks. Yes. Pepper then, Johnson. Uh, Johnson. There you go. All those guys. These, all I, being, I got found out I'm, I'm being moved over. I got one day of practice and I got to move out. And by the way, thank you for saying six, two, I'm really six, one and a half, you know, it's been nice. Well, hey, I know this. I was six two before I had I I, I stuffed Dave Butts on a bull rush. <laughs> <laughs> then it went down to six one and a half. half. So, nice circle. Nice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so all I remember was this game is going to be brutal because you know the it's the last preseason game of this of the year, whatever year it was. And the only thing to talk about really was gee, they'd move Greg Wolfley, the starting left guard to the left tackle position. And by golly, he's a pretty short guy to be out there, left tackle. And, you know, but I remember the day before the game, and I'm trying to cram study, you know, just fine-tune the the stuff that the left tackle's doing and everything. And I'm sitting there on, on, on an ottoman with my feet up, and I started to, like, uh, take a nap, you know. I started falling asleep the afternoon before the game. And so as I'm laying there, I, I remember just darkness all around me, and out of nowhere – came this, this Jersey with the uh, 56 Lawrence Taylor came flashing out of the darkness and I locked out and I slammed the, the ottoman kicked it all the way across. A, and I'm just sitting there. I'm sweating. Like, then all of a sudden I, I'm sitting there going, Oh, wow. That was, yeah. But that was one of those X stunts. I got the twist. I picked it up. I'm good. You know. <laughs> i I'm, I'm sitting there like I'd freaked out in a nightmare.
2: Did you have a raincoat on Craig? <laughs>
1: no, I didn't have <laughs> a raincoat on. And I was fully dressed.
0: Oh, okay, Mr. Raincoat. Uh, that's good because we're going to move on right now. Oh, before we move on, let's just say you did a pretty good job for playing left tackle like for – you know that game against lt i remember that specifically yeah. watching you because i was just praying he didn't just kill you no don't, let him kill, don't you, him kill the quarterback please you did a good job brother oh, okay so yep and we're gonna go with this pony boy because uh you know you had the seattle last week a little bit of review here but here is the highlighted call because it's a pretty cool call
1: he picked it off and then he returned it to give the cardinals the lead 13 to 10
2: How Geno Smith did not see Zayvon Collins, I do not know. Zayvon with a look what I found pick. And then shows off that speed. That is a big man running. Taking it all the way back for a pick six, baby. Collins was their first round pick. Um, Mike linebacker. In his second year, right now, uh, he was taking number 16 overall. He's 6'4, 260 pounds. Think about that wow. 6'4, 260. And he's got Inspector Gadget arms. Go, go, Gadget <laughs> extended arm. You know, yeah. he, he's, he's long and um, he's a guy that is learning the game. He came from Tulsa. He's still learning the game right now. From the beginning of the season to where we are now, he has incrementally gotten better. He's learning his craft. I'm, in, I'm encouraged about Zayvon Collins. He has in, incrementally gotten better every week. He's had some plays and some games where he took a step back. I'm going to be serious. I'm going to be honest about that. But I think Zayvon would tell you that as well. But he has gotten a little bit better every game. And uh, for the most part, I think he's going to be fine. He's going to be a football player. And that was a heads-up play by him. And then he just showed his great athleticism.
0: Listening to the two of you guys and, and trying to pick out the plays every week. So it's pretty – it's a lot of fun listening to you two because uh, you're you're both uh, pretty pretty funny in the booth but pretty informative – as well
1: which i know is why you keep your job because you don't suck <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay
1: That's all right hey, most hey, of hey, the, the time the, the great quotes from our buddy who's a family member always a, a woofly, is ton you know i came off one time speaking and uh you know it, it's, i sat down i looked at him I go what do you think he goes well you didn't suck that that was his <laughs> compliment <laughs> Wow, so they actually touch
0: it. I kind of at the same wavelength right there. There you go. So, so that's good. Well, listen, now here's something that I'm very, very interested in because, honestly, when you're playing, there are certain things you like, you don't like. I saw this defensive move come up. This is with you for an offensive lineman dealing with, but the same thing with you, Pony, as a fullback. When a guy's pass rush, either there's some moves you liked it that never bothered you, there's some that may have. But this is kind of cool. Let's talk about this when you see it. You can see him here. He, he does that coffee house move, as they call it. He's going to engage the guard, and then he's going to turn like he's doing a twist, right, or a drop, whatever. And, and then he continues back in because the guard's going over expecting a twist. Somebody coming over. You know, somebody leaves as an offensive lineman. Someone's coming, right, as the usual rule.
2: So what do you think of that? What is- Faking like he's going to bail into coverage. You right. know, there's a lot of times, yeah, there's a lot of times. It's not just maybe is he going to run a across an X game, but it's also, he's, he's going to absorb the block. That's what they say. You're going to set on me because I'm your assignment and then I'll drop off into coverage. You know, it's, it's a zone blitz basically is what it is right there. And um, yet that to me, that works once, (laughs) you know what I mean? Once. Do it again, and if I if it works again on me, (laughs) you know what? Um, I'm going to sit you down over here on the bench because you can't fool a guy twice on that one. I would imagine, but once maybe. Uh, I've known a few guys to be fooled twice. (laughs) Just saying that would be you. You, It
1: happens. It happens. I'm not saying. I'm not pointing anything out. (laughs) It happens. Names, but. Well, I can tell you that I screwed up personally on a Mo uh Mike and Mo U game where they're running in a three four, I guess, Miami Dolphins. Um, it was one of my first starts on it was a Thursday night game. Uh, I got benched like three times. And Hoopy next day I talked to Hoopy, right? Because remember we had no cell phones back in the day. Next, you know, we fly back all night from Miami and the next day, Hoopy, I'm talking to Hoopy and, and i I've just had a miserable game. And, and Hoopy goes, she goes, honey, wh- what happened? Where did you go? You're in, then you're out, then you're in. Then you're out. I go, I just oh, never mind, mom. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, now, you know what? I will
1: tell you this. Oh, go ahead. All right. Carson Palmer and Joe Flacco, one of the two guys, they used to do this with Troy, Troy Palomalo. And it became the call sign for either, I can't remember which quarterback, he always said, follow the hair, because Troy had all that hair hanging out. So he would always say, "You got to follow the hair on any blitz." Because what will happen was Troy would <laughs> fake like he's turning and dropping, and you see this hair fly. But then he'd stop and turn around and come back. And they always said, "You got to follow the hair." All right. So just telling you what the the uh, command was back in the day when Troy Polamalu was roaming the secondary for the Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: And to the the victim's uh, offense, usually, especially as an offensive lineman, if one guy goes away, whether that's a drop or a twist, okay, somebody's coming there. So you're looking for that. So that's why you go ahead and you bite on that because you're expecting something different. So, but I thought it was kind of cool because I don't see too many people talking about that. I don't see too many people breaking down the coffeehouse move. Uh, and I thought yeah. that was pretty neat. So there you something's go. Something
1: going away. Something's coming back. There that's you a, go. That's rule uh, number one in pass pro. Yep. I, I like it very much. Now, something going away.
0: <laughs> it was Jim Kelly. He almost lost his life. Oh, Jimmy. Because, you know, we're all friends with Jimmy. And he was a fighter, man. Uh, back in the day, he was tough. I mean, tough as nails throughout his whole life here, obviously. But, Watch this here because I think you're gonna like this. The Bills. Marty Lyons gives it to Jim Kelly after the incomplete pass. A fight breaks out, and after everything clears, the referee gives the official call. And folks, it was the ruling of the day. I'll pick this up. On number 99 of the defense, after he tackled the quarterback, he's giving them business down there at the 15-yard penalty. <laughs> now, Okay, now look at that. Okay, so look at Marty Lyons, because after he got with Jimmy, I don't know if Jimmy did that, but they, you saw that pile, that, may, that melee there that went down, and he's bleeding right there. And he's smiling, Marty Lyons. And I know you played against them, Derry. And, of course, you know, like I said, Jimmy Kelly, I love Jit Kelly. Uh, uh, love, I love him for life, man. He's the, one of the toughest dudes I've ever met. So what I'm talking about in the pile, man. You know, honestly, I can tell you from my own personal experience, I've thrown a punch or two. Okay, I've, I've tried to gouge guys' faces a, a time or
1: two when they're doing something. Never instigated, but I retaliated. About it is um, what happens in a pile stays in the pile, you know. And the important thing that you remember is that the right now, I'm not sure if the statute of limitations is up on attempted. Uh, well, never mind because I'm not sure the statutes are up. But yes, I have been in a fracas or two down in the pile. Marty Lyons, I've done, uh, I've played against several times. Marty and I always had a great combative time. Uh, I got to see him when we played the Jets, and the guy's just a great guy. You know, uh, he was a great competitor. Uh, we might have fisticuffed kind of little fisticuffs, it out the, a few times, but you know, it was all, it's all in what you got to do. You know, it's just part of the job.
2: Yeah, you know, being at the bottom of the pile, man, is not a good thing. It is not. And especially back when I played in 1985, Craig, I know when you came into the league in 1980, it was even worse. You got at the bottom of that pile, man, and, you know, you got the French uppercut, if you know what I mean. I know. You know, French uppercut, of course, right into the cradle. Um, more than once you'd get it. You'd also get guys who would jig you in the eye, right? Jig you if you were down and you were all piled up, you know, jig you in the eye. They do something to get back at you. And I would say this to anybody that is listening right now. If you want to know what it's like to be at the bottom of a pile, here's what you do, man. You go out and get about three, 300 pounders, go find three, 300 pounders, run about two miles around the block, get all greased up and then play a game of twister. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, That's going to be really
1: nasty.
2: It's going to be real nasty.
0: <clears throat> okay. Well, with that, we're going to move. <laughs> okay, I wasn't ready hey, for Twister,
1: man.
2: Seriously. Okay. I just I want to say this quickly. First of all, too, the French uppercut, of course, attacking the cradle. We, we all know. We're talking about the groin area, of course. Um what you what you need to know about it is in the game of football, nobody wears cops. Nobody, nope. nobody wears cops. Well, well, it hurts. There's a, there's a lot <laughs> exactly soda pop. There, there's a lot of people though that think football. Of course, you're wearing a cop. You're out there. You've got to be wearing a cop. No, no, nobody wears a cop. Um, football is about movable cups are not yeah, exactly <laughs> right. So you know that's that's always been the issue right there.
0: Okay, so Derek, let's talk about the Steelers, the Saints, a lot going on with the team. How's the team's health? Have they gotten a healthier with a bye week?
1: A quick uh breakdown and preview of, of this coming weekend. Well, the biggest thing about it, you got the three and six Saints coming up on a short week because they played Monday night. They lost to the Ravens. They're coming up to Acrosure Stadium. That's that's always an element in your favor when you got a, a team shorted on a Monday night ball playing and coming and having to travel to your place. But the biggest news is T.J. Watt is – what we're hearing is he's going to be active and playing in this game, which would be huge. The Steelers are, career-wise, 1-10 without that man in the lineup. He just means so very much to the Steelers' defense. So you've got this individual coming back, and he's going to make all the difference in the world. I think, truthfully, um, as you look and see how this game is is, is going to evolve, um, this is a team that the Saints – they can be an explosive offense. They can also not do so well as an as an offense. You know they've got some big people up front, but uh, certainly for the Steelers, this is an opportunity to come out of the bye week and get after it. You know they they traded Chase Claypool as we talked about, so you got more targets. I think going to the Fryer Muth, Pat Fryer the tight end. You're gonna have George Pickens as well, Deontay Johnson, and there's also Mike Tomlin who talked about Jalen Warren. The unheralded, undrafted free agent getting more reps at the running back position, and I, I do believe that's that's uh, that's well been earned by him. The only thing I don't want to do is I don't want to lose Naji. Naji is too good to be average, right. and they've got to find a way to get him on track. Yeah.
0: Okay, let me add one more thing to that, if I could. Let Kitty Pickett get underneath the center and hand that ball off to those guys and establish that. Absolutely, we've talked
1: about that ad nauseum.
0: Yeah, it just takes the pressure off a young guy because I think he's got a bright, bright future, and it's exciting. So let's go on then, Pony, to what the Cardinals got. You know what? Um, let me
1: just say one more thing, all okay. right, just, just to break in, because here's the thing about it. One thing I love about Kenny Pickett, uh, he's, a, he's a competitor, but he's he's like um, – did you ever see the movie Butch Dance, uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? I have. All right, and Sundance, Struther Martin, who's the guy, standing there go, can you shoot? And he says – well, I can shoot, and he shoots a couple, and he goes, can I move? And Strother says, can you move? He goes, yeah, can I move? And then when he moves, he can shoot. And he turns, he hits his, his can a couple times while he's moving, and he turns to Strother Martin, and he goes, I'm better when I move. Well, Kenny Pickett is better when he moves. He's 23 of 29 for 175 yards when they either put him in play action or roll in the pocket. He's better when he moves. He's like the Sundance kid. Kenny Pickett is the Sundance kid.
0: Wow, that was a really impressive stat, brother. You know, you're pulling that out, man. I'm impressed. Again, once again, you're adding to the show the quality, man. <laughs> well, isn't
1: that what we're trying to do?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're not sucking. <laughs> hey, all right, let's get to the revs. Now, what the cards got to do, man? Uh You got James Connors back, right? I saw that last week.
2: Yeah. Yeah. James Conner is back right now. The problem is as of today, guys, um, I don't know if you noticed, but Matthew Stafford was placed into concussion protocol. So Mm. uh, we don't know what's going to happen. I would imagine he's going to play, you know, we'll, we'll see if in fact he is, I know the whole Tua thing though, that is probably going to impact that. And also too, Kyler Murray did not practice. So, um, it's a it's a situation where that could be up in the air. I think Kyler's going to play. I think Matthew Stafford is going to play. If in fact that happens, let me just tell you what I see with the Rams right now. They they are an absolute mess offensively. They they are a mess. They've got Matthew Stafford, defending Super Bowl quarterback, of course. They've got uh, Cooper Cup. Uh, maybe the best wide receiver in the National Football League. They have Tyler Higbee at tight end. They've got Allen Robinson, of course, at wide receiver. They have all this talent, and yet their offensive line is in such a state. They are such a mess right now that um, their offensive line is not allowing their talent to do what their talent can do. And that's always been the threshold to me about an offensive line. I want an offensive line. You don't need the best offensive line in the league. You don't. You need an offensive line that is good enough to let your talent do what your talent does. And um, right now, that is not the case with the Rams. The, The Rams are number 31 in yards per game and number 32 in yards per play. They're number 31 and 31, respectively, in rushing yards per game and rushing yards per play. They're number 29 in points. On and on it goes in every major metric. They are really messing up, man. In eight games, you have Matthew Stafford. He's been sacked 28 times. Hey, guys, all of last year, he was sacked 30 times. We're, we're eight games into this. They're only three and five. They've had their bye. They're eight games into it right now, and they've given up 28 sacks. And Their offense is an absolute mess, but their defense is still their defense with Aaron Donald. And the Arizona Cardinals are going to need Kyler Murray if, in fact, they're going to win that game.
0: Uh, no doubt about it. Now, before I go to the last thing, this is the last thing, but before we go to closing, I want you to look at this. You know, Derry, I think you were there at this game. This is Jelly Porter at Boney Boy. You are the special teams guru. So I want you to watch this. Yep, there comes Jelly Porter. <laughs> Just gloss <clocks up>. him. <laughs> I think it's Gardner the butter. He's got
1: something to say. Well, I will tell you this. He made sure to say it when other people were between him and Joey Porter.
0: I had to get that in there because I've been holding on to that for a couple of weeks, man. And that's, yeah. that's like, he got he got rough. I mean, that's he got clocked. It's legal. Uh, but, uh, you know, sometimes you can take hey. it butter. I don't know. It's I, I want to hear what you guys have to say.
2: This is this is the difference um, today uh, from yesterday. And I'm not saying it was better back when we played. I'm not going to say that. I, I'm not. Um, they've made changes to the game, but there is no comparison. Make no mistake about how the game used to be played and the level of brutality in how the game used to be played as opposed to today. Um, that was totally legal right there and then. The guy punted the ball, and Joey blocked him. For all you know, the guy may have said something to Joey Porter or or said something to him a game before or whatever. Um, Joey said, hey, listen, you're out on the football field. You just punted it. I'm going to block you to the ground. That's what he did. And um, the game was bellicose. It was downright nasty back then when Joey Porter was playing. So, you know, um, it is what it is. That's
1: <laughs> right. Anything else, Derek? Are you good? Well, I, 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 I had my own experience, okay? We are playing the Houston Oilers. I was on the kickoff return team, and I was we had a t- return left. And I was on the back side coming around where everybody was pinning them to the inside, and then we had the kickout man, and I was leading up. Uh, in front of the, uh, the the ball carrier you know coming up and lo and behold, I found myself one on one with the kicker and he was one of those one bar kickers you know well, you know <laughs> soccer style and he, he was kind of built like one of those up da- upside down light bulbs. you know what I mean uh, just not a whole lot up top. well, I came storming around the corner and I got a full head of steam on. And he, I remember I locked eyes with him. He saw me, and he was the only guy in the way but with the back behind me. I just started roaring right down at him. He was backing up as fast as he could, and he put his like the roadrunner might do something with a wily Coyote. You know what I mean? And bam! He... he, he he got up he was he was swearing at me and i think spanish i'm not sure <laughs> and finally he blurted out because you did not have to hit me
0: <laughs>
1: i could only laugh it was just he was he was all upset because i didn't have to hit him i'm sorry there's you and there's a whole field out here the back is right behind me look out buddy you're about to get it you know <laughs>
0: Thank you once again. I think I think Derry, you really came through big time with that stat about Kenny Pickett. I'm not kidding you. I have my moments. Twenty times, sometimes when he's moving, when he's moving. Are you sure that was yours?
1: Hey, I have my moments. They are few, far between, but I have my moments.
0: <laughs> All right, Pony Boy. Thank you so much. Uh, you guys are professionals. I love it. You know, you're doing good. You're not sucking. And just remember <laughs> this, okay? The three wolves of football. The boys from Orchard Park (laughs) and short shorts we stood firm
2: on.
1: My goodness. I love you guys. Great to be with you. All
2: right. I love you, man. Love you guys.
1: Love you, Hoopy. (laughs) And we know Hoopy.